Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Business Unveiled, expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals, where we take you behind the scenes of our past experiences in the creative industry and share with you what we have learned from them and how they have made us stronger. This podcast will help you grow a productive and profitable business to launch you into success within the creative industry. Today's podcast is brought to you by Collective 615, a luxury co-working community and space designed by women for women who desire to connect, collaborate, grow professionally and personally. The community is for women who desire a work environment that inspires and motivates them to elevate both professionally and personally. Collective 615 goal is to have a community of businesswomen who are at different places in their entrepreneurial journey. They offer a range of memberships to make it obtainable to invest in yourself and your brand. All programs are developed by creating diverse courses, speakers, and events that provide professional and personal development. If you're looking to collaborate, connect, and create with like-minded people, the women of Collective 615 believe in investing in you and your brand. If you're starting a business, growing your current one, or you're working from home or remotely and you need a place to work or to host workshops and events, visit collective615.com today. Hi, y'all. It's Angela, and I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. And I'm so excited about our guest today because they have such an amazing product and and they just create amazing experiences. And, and I've just I've heard about them through a friend of mine that I'm doing a major project with. And she's like, you've got to know these people. Like they do the most amazing experiences all over the flipping world, not just in the United States. And it's kind of like a little bit of a mystery. So you're going to want to listen up and learn how Jacob and Courtney Tao do it differently. They are the owners of DJ Jacob Co. And don't be fooled by just thinking, oh, they're a DJ company because it is so much more. So Jacob, how are you? Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Angela. I appreciate it. Yeah. Glad to be here. It's awesome. When I first talked with you and Courtney, I'm like, oh my gosh, like people need to know about this. I'm like, people need to <laughs> yeah hear about what you do, how you do it, the experience that you've created, because you've really gone outside of the box that some DJs either want to put themselves in or they don't know what they don't know. Mm. And so I'm hoping some of your just skills and how you have grown this thing that, that you guys are traveling the world and doing will inspire other people to know that like there's really no limits. So before we like jump in and talk about where you're at today, like what is your background? Like how did you get into this creative wedding business space? Mm, so yeah, how do you get to the level of being considered a creative? That's, <laughs> that's like, that's a pretty tough, that's a tall order. I think a lot of it boils down to people just being um, particular <laughs> or maybe picky about stuff. And then they end up like defining their own path and then it, people label them as a creative. Uh, but for me, it really came down to me going to a wedding year, 12 years ago, something like that. Uh, I'd never seen a DJ at a wedding. And so my expectations were pretty blank. I had no idea what to expect. So I went there and I'm, I'm kind of pumped. I'm like, he's going to start playing music, I guess. And then I guess we're going to start dancing. Um, and then he played the YMCA three times in a row. What? And I, and I was like, hold on a second. This can't be right. So I actually go, went up to the DJ and I was like, hey, I, you know, something new here. I've never been to a wedding like this. Like, I don't think this is what they want. <laughs> he was like, no, this is normal. And I was like, I can't believe this. So I looked the guy up. He's legit. Like he's making a living doing this. 
And it was pretty clear to me that there is definite need in the market. Like there's a disconnect from creating, like you said, an experience at an event and what the DJ was doing. Whatever he was doing was not creating experience. It was creating chaos. So my wife was like, you can do better than that. Because my background at that point was a sound engineer. And so I was used to running sound for thousands of people in a room of like 60 people. This DJ was trying to make announcements kind of like, Oh my God. Uh, I think everyone has some of those stories of DJs. I hear them a lot. I don't get to experience a lot of them because I, I never get invited to weddings that I'm not DJing. It seems like, but uh, the, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a huge eye opener. Like there's, there's a need and I love complexity. I love puzzles. I love challenges. And the wedding business is one of the most difficult challenges that one can try to attack. Um, and so I was excited to go for it personally. So, so you left that wedding mm-hmm. and decided like, I'm going to leave my sound engineering job and like start my, a DJ company. Is that kind of how it all It was out? just about that fast. Like I was like, okay, I, well, I've had a lot of jobs and as soon as they become like I've got as high as I can in that job, I quit and move on. Like once I've accomplished all the goals I can, I just move on. <clears throat> so it's, it's weird. I have a weird personality like that, but I guess I'm kind of like that with the wedding business too. I guess when I get to a certain point where I've, I've done some events at the highest challenges, the highest level, the most ridiculous events, then I'm like, okay, now what? We'll find a new challenge. Um, which is why I love creating the most ridiculous scenarios and experiences and, and try to do weddings on like, like a Friday on the East coast and a Saturday on the West coast and then Sunday back on the East coast. Um, Cause it's a challenge. It's difficult. It's fun. I love it. And it never gets boring. That so never gets boring. No. <laughs> what did your very first wedding that you DJed? How did you, do you remember how did you get that client? So probably like anyone else, you could probably say the same thing. It was friends, you know, and since I had an engineering, a sound engineering mindset, my idea was like, I've got to make it sound good. I mean, really good. So I spent an exorbitant amount of money and went all in right up front and it sounded amazing. And that was the idea. And, that, and then also had a huge music library because I was a musician. Um, so I kind of had all the tools I needed to become a DJ just learning what song to play next has always been the challenge uh, for any DJ early on. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was interesting, but they're good friends of mine. They still are friends and they're still like, every time I see them, they're like, yeah, we were your first wedding. They're so pumped about that. Like they tell people about that. Um, I guess that's a good thing. So maybe everything went really well. It's, it's hundreds and hundreds of weddings ago. So it's hard to remember every detail, but it was definitely a lot of fun and to get those butterflies again and think back on that first wedding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, it's, it's always crazy. new challenges now, but those butterflies aren't quite there like they used to be. Yeah. So you, so did you also incorporate other things or did you really, you just started with the music portion and then at what por- at what point were you like, I'm going to grow this thing and I'm also going to incorporate other services to take this to the next level? Um, it's, you know, for me, it's, it's sound is more of an immersive thing. Um, I want to feel it. I want to, it want to be tactile. I want to touch it. I want to sense it. And so playing music, I feel like I'm uh, just directly at people. It needs to create an environment beyond just the ears. I want them to see the music. I want them to feel the music. And so that's really hard to do if you just put up two speakers and a turntable. Um, it's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's surreal for me. It's kind of deep for me, but that, it pushed me to want to do lighting and want to do like environmental projection and atmospheric effects and really create something that, like you said, and it, we pushed that on our website even, uh, it, an experience. So it's hard. And if you've met some of my friends who've talked to you, which they have, it's been like, he just does, um, you just got to talk to him. Like it's just, there's just things that they do and, 
with the, with the stuff and the thing. And <laughs> it's like when they're in the room, they get it. But when they leave, they're just like, I don't know. I don't know what all I did, but it was just crazy. Stuff was happening. Um, but all it is, is just when the songs are playing, creating an environment that it's more than just a wedding. We're really creating a, a time, a moment. Yeah. That you'll look back on. And I, and I really share that with my couples too. I, I even introduce new songs sometimes for weddings. And I tell them that ahead of time that I'll set aside certain songs for certain couples, a brand new song, and I'll play it at their wedding. Um, so that way for the rest of their life, when they hear that song, they only think about that moment. They only think about their wedding. And it was like played at the perfect moment. You know what I mean? That's cool. So like it'll always draw them back to that. And I love doing stuff like that. And that's just the music side of it. Obviously tailoring the lighting an entire room to change and ebb and flow um, based on the music, based on soft or fast or slow or hard, whatever, um, all of it changes. So That is awesome. So how, like after your first wedding, how did you start to find the perfect client that would just say, okay, Jacob and Courtney, like, just rock the party and do what you do. Like, was mm. it really that easy or did you have to do, you know, a hundred before you could really prove yourself and then say to clients, like, let me do me and just trust me. Like how long did it take you to like get to that point? I did this really weird thing where I would tell couples I was going to do something and then I did it. I think that's like totally lost in business. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, I'll I'll deliver this service, and then you just deliver that service in a way that's appreciated <laughs> and genuine. And people are like, "Wow, your business will grow." I'm like, "Oh, that's the, the the minimum standard in business. Seems like try, and then you'll grow." Um, which is sad, but they, for me, I've I've never done like versions of myself or different packages or different levels. Um, I've always been confused by that. Like some DJs will have like the diamond studded tiered wedding explosion package. And I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. Um, so I just give all of my couples everything all the time and they book me. It's just like, you get all of me. And so I've always done that early on. They would hire me and I'm just like, I'm all in like, however long your wedding is, whatever's happening, however many days, like locations, here's my price. And I'm all in, we're making it right. Um, and it was just that under-promising and over-delivering for years built that reputation to where it's hard for other DJs to compete who are doing versions like that because then it goes back on the couple. Well, they're not rich enough to get the best version of me, so I'm only going to give them, you know, the bargain ba basement version. And that, to me, that's like, I don't know. If you want to grow a business and you, and you love what you do, make it right. Do, do your very best every single time. And you can walk away and lay in bed at night and be like, that was a ridiculous party because <laughs> I gave it my all. <laughs> yeah, so when, so when you say they get all of you, meaning like the sound, the music, the lighting, and for those people that are listening, you know, I don't know. Um, it, it's kind of like when people say, oh, that costs a lot of money. And it's like, well, clarify like what's a lot of money mm. to you because some people think you know a hundred dollars is a lot of money and some people think a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money so from a lighting perspective um you know i feel like lighting is very much essential at least for the events and the weddings that we do uh, you don't really have a choice. Like you're getting yeah. lighting yeah. <laughs> and you know, there's different levels of your up lights and your led lights and your pen spots and your washes, but you take it to a whole different level of incorporating all the projection mapping. And you know, you lightly mentioned it, but I really would love for you to talk and educate our listeners on what that means and like what the opportunities and the environment and the experience that it creates. It's so much more than just like up lights and washes and pin spots and gobos. So if you can yeah, just. Yeah. It's, it's tearing whatever, whatever level that particular venue needs or that particular client needs. Um, for example, like I did the lighting for the not gala one year up in New York at the New York public library and I was doing all the lighting outside 
and projection mapping on the front of the pillars on the outside florals that were growing up the pillars. So we took uh, CC New York, her design for the invitation, and then we projection mapped that out. So it was basically a, a flower that was on the invitation. We um, reverse engineered that so it looked like it was growing up the pillars of the library. So as guests are coming in, it's all lit, but the lighting matches the projection, the projection matches the invitations, the invitations match the room, like it's all connected. Um, but to be able to have, you know, my wife and I, and that's it, <laughs> to at the level of New York, uh, the Knot Gala, full lighting, environmental projection, you have to really back up and assess the whole thing from the beginning. Ha you have to build the machine that builds the machine. So I, I have to implement things that I can actually implement at the highest level. And that's where all the complication, the challenge, the engineering, uh, the puzzle for me comes. Like I, was, I love that part of it. So to be able to do 150 light fixtures for a million dollar wedding and full surround sound and host it and DJ it and do the after party and set it all up and break it all down by myself that's crazy. It's people Completely. will just shake their head like, what in the, this guy's nuts. <laughs> um, and I do that. And sometimes I'll do that in like three cities in a weekend at that level. Um, and the reason I can do that is because of how I've built my whole setup and system and everything to where I can get the biggest bang for my buck. So I, I can create an environment very quickly and very easily on my end because I've, I've only given or given my clients the very best, which means it has to be the very best for me and for them. It's, it's kind of hard to explain um, because it's, it's so different. So yeah, like so if you, if you, the most generic thing, so if you Google DJ lighting, everything you will see, everything that comes up is wrong. <laughs> all right. of it, literally all of it. Um, if you DJ, if you Google DJ speakers, all of those are wrong. It's, I know some people are like, this guy's nuts. Like those aren't, those are the most generic, easiest versions. And same thing in your business. If everyone else is doing it and it's the most obvious choice, that's not the choice. That's not the option. Don't do that. That is not the path to go. You have to find a way to where you're, you're carving your own path. You're making your own way and you're creating something that's totally unique to you. So you stand out so far beyond anyone else that people don't even know how to describe it. They don't even know how to explain it. How can one guy show up and do a million dollar wedding? This doesn't make sense. But we've done it. And do the lighting. <laughs> yeah. And I'm controlling the lighting and controlling the projection and DJing all simultaneously. Um, it's, it's a tall order. And that's, that's where I feel comfortable. That's the realm that I'm like, oh, I'm kind of in the zone. Um, it's not like a stretch for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. It could, because it's like, you're in your, like you said, you're in your zone, you're doing what you're doing. Um, and that's how? whether, yeah, you're doing what well, you're doing, cakes, invitations, uh, your florals. Like if you just go on there and, and Google floral arrangements, don't do any of those, none of those, like create something completely new. Like, uh, I did a wedding down in Sarasota, uh, a few months back and this huge tree, I want to say a bop, um, tree, bossa tree. It's anyways, this tree is like, look like a big weeping willow. It was incredible. It was a gorgeous tree. Is it the, this preserved gardens? What the florist had done to create an arch for the, the ceremony was take roots from that particular type of tree and create an arch out of the root system. I'm like, this is amazing. Completely unique, different. And it was super quick and easy, but it was like, totally stood out from anything I've ever seen. That's so cool. And it's totally different, right? And it's, it's unique to them or a f another florist I saw instead of doing bouquets for all of the um, couple, all the flower girls and um, maids of honor, they did copper rings and then wrapped those in Ivy. And so they just walked down with these copper, these like a foot rings, one foot wide. It was gorgeous, epic. It was so cool. And then they're able to like stack those uh, in a cool way for the reception. Totally outside of the box. If you Google it, nothing will come up. Like that's the kind of stuff. 
that takes a lot of research, takes a lot of time, takes a lot of effort um, and creativity. And that's what I love to do is create something that it takes so much research to, to do it in that way. But uh, your business will thrive. That's, that's the way to make it grow, especially in a, in a luxury business that no one, absolutely no one needs your service. It's not a need. Right. But everyone wants it. So you have to make it stand out. It's a completely luxury service from bottom to top, no matter what level you're on. Um, I always find that funny that people think, no, I'm a luxury service. Well, we're, we're all luxury service. Right. It's not necessary. Right. Like, I mean, 20 years ago, like people didn't have planners. People didn't have designers. Like lighting didn't really kind of exist no. <laughs> unless you're on a movie set. Yeah. Um, and yeah, things have just transformed. Like, I'm just so glad I'm living now. I mean, there's no telling what's going to happen in 20 years, but it's just cool. Like all of the opportunities and it's like so many people get set in their ways of being comfortable mm. and they're not comfortable being uncomfortable. And so they're not risk takers. And then they either get left behind or it's like you screaming and kicking to like <laughs> get them to implement change. Um, but how do you guys, like, I know that you have literally traveled all over the world and created these experiences with sound and music and lighting and projection mapping. And how do you guys do it? Like, do you pre-ship your equipment ahead of time and then you hop on a plane? Like, yeah, it, uh, I mean, you can't drive everywhere, right? You'd be surprised. We, <laughs> we, uh, we do have a tour bus and we, so we, if it's in the continental us we drive um and if it's in mexico or canada uh, obviously then we have services and uh, approvals and you know we're able to ship our stuff and not have them just seize it immediately and also travel with it we can actually check it on the plane so we've gone through a lot of research a lot of insurance filing all that craziness you have to do to figure all this stuff out so that you can show up and do full lighting design in, you know, in Cancun. Uh, and then the next day be in California and DJ and after party. And then the next day be in Tampa and do full projection design and a wedding. And that's actually my schedule for a weekend this summer. <laughs> <laughs> Which is nothing less like than I would expect. It's ridiculous. But, but if, if it's physically possible, if it's humanly possible, then yeah, we do it and we go for it. And we, because we can, it's just the two of us. Uh, and again, we build the machine that builds the machine. What I mean by that is we, we only use lighting that's small enough to travel with, but is powerful enough to work at, the, at a luxury level, at a high-end level. Um, and those, I can tell you, are very expensive. Uh, each lighting fixture to be able to do that. So we only buy those because they're the best option for us. Like we, we can only travel with speakers that are small enough to travel with, but powerful enough for a thousand people. And those are like ridiculously expensive. So we have to buy those. So um, you have to build a, an ecosystem around you that allows you to push beyond the norm so that you can get those high-end clients, so that you can get those luxury-level clients, and it's not as stressful or crazy because you've you've built you've built the system. You're planning and preparing yourself from the beginning for that. Like we're always building um, our setup and our our design, our website, everything to do a week-long, you know, multi-million-dollar wedding in Dubai or whatever. Like that's 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 been always been our goal and our our push is we want international huge high pressure and so if anything else underneath that comes along we're like yeah we got that because that's that's one step to get to our goal we set our goal so high that anything that comes along we're like yeah not a problem um i think a lot of people don't set their goals high enough which is why when some challenges come along they just panic because they, they never really were planning on that happening to them i guess so it's like if you dream big, it can happen. Like really and, big. <laughs> yeah, and dream really big. So where do you come up with these ideas? Like, I mean, do your clients bring you inspiration 
or do you go to conferences? Is it music videos? Like, where do you pull your inspiration from with all these, like, you know, outlandish, amazing, over the top <laughs> ideas? Uh, I read a lot. That helps. Okay. Um, I don't always work on weddings and um, go to conferences and speak to vendor people. I push my mind outside of of that ecosystem. So I'm, I build my kids a tree house, you know, and I'm doing something with my hands and I work on that. And then, Oh, you know what I could do? And it, working with my hands or building something, creating something helps me be creative in another area. And so I purposely build and like a purposely set out to remodel my own home on, on the side <laughs> so that I can, it will help my creativity in my business. Um, not that I needed to remodel my home, but I was like, this will help my business. And now I've committed to both sides of it. So um, like, for example, I had two weeks off. So I decided to build my kids a chicken coop. Um, so I built that from the ground up for them. And it gave me like an epiphany with some lighting design that I wanted to do while I was doing that. So not just being, if you're always in the same room, looking at the same four walls, you're not going to get a lot of inspiration. Yep. And so I try to push myself completely outside of what I know and do, which is, for example, building chicken coops. I didn't know anything there is to know about chickens or coops or any of that stuff. I had to learn it, all of it. So now I'm pushing my mind in a different direction, learning new things. And by doing that, I stumble across new experiences, uh, new designs, new thoughts, new exposure. So that really helps me in my business, especially when you walk into a room, say like a grand ballroom of the four seasons and there's 12 people in there and they're doing like a 600 person gala and you're in charge of hosting it and doing all the lighting design and DJing it. And they're just looking at you. Of, well, what's the floor plan going to be like? What do you think? They're just stare at you. <laughs> <laughs> you better come up with something good, you know? <laughs> and I'm not one to, I don't, I don't 3g model, you know, 3d model it and send it off and get approval. Like I, I'm very much in the moment I create and, and that's, that's what I love to do. And so, for example, that event happened recently. And so I did that in the moment. I was like, Hey, every event you guys have had in here has had a stage up front, had draping behind that. And you fanned out all the tables and their dance floor, you know, off to the corner said, if, if the whole thing is about a star, um, which it was like the starlight soiree, I think it was. So we built a giant um, star out of pixel tubes or out of lighting tubes, hung it on the back, turned the dance floor into a giant diamond in the middle of the room, wrapped the whole thing around with, with uh, tables. And then I put my DJ booth, which is clear, in the center of the dance floor. And then put surround sound around the entire room. So now there's no front, there's no side, there's no back, there's no forward, like everything is everywhere. And the emphasis was then you're all the star. You guys are the stars because you're here coming to, you know, raise money for this or that. Um, but it's just a flipping design and creating something different. And I got that idea from something I was doing on the treehouse. <laughs> so wow. pushing myself out of the norm, I was able to go and then create this massive event uh, floor plan and they, they did it. They agreed. They listened. They heard me and they, they made it happen. And they were just like, wow, this is really cool. And the cool thing was in the moment uh, when the dance party started after they'd made a ridiculous amount of money, um, people never got up and danced previously, but because the DJ's in the middle of the floor and the, all the tables are around the dance floor, there's no one just standing out all by themselves. You know, you're just, you're immediately on the floor. It's just a different, unique experience to have it centered like that. So it was cool. That's awesome. Like, do you have an actual like favorite event that you've done to date or is it, they're just also different where you're like, Oh, I don't really have a favorite. Um, or is there that one that just stands out so much that you're like, how am I going to top this? Well, my wife and I could, because we get to do a lot of these together. Um, there's, there's a handful of events every year that we get to like really work the entire event together because she can't, 
she can't always come to every single wedding because she runs the business in the background. Uh, so I usually at the events. So my favorite events are the ones that she gets to come with me. Um, and the one, one event in particular that I feel like was my all time favorite event that we got to do was we've done the not gala several years and one year in particular worked with an amazing team. Uh, that year, Emily Clark design was the, the designer. She was a planner for it. And she let me um, basically design the whole back third of the gala. They opened up a room. They usually don't open. And they were like, okay, we'll have the dance floor here. We'll have the bar here. We'll do the dance, um, lounge over here. And then maybe some photo booth over here. So all four corners. And I was like, well, why don't, if everyone's coming to hang out and talk and dance and drink and conversate, why don't we make everything, everything all the time? So she kind of the same idea, actually. She, she let me do, um, she let me, she, she totally was like partnering and, and like pushed it and was like, yes, this would be amazing. Um, <laughs> and so we did is the, the dance, the DJ booth in the center of the room and it built the floral designers built this like hoopa flower tornado rose craziness all around me. And then right below that was a full wrap around four sided bar. And then right beyond that around the entire bar was all dance floor around the entire room. And the outside perimeter was the photo slash lounge area all the way around that. So everywhere you were was the photo booth, the bar and the dance floor. Um, and it was so cool to, to DJ in that environment where everyone in every direction was on the same vibe uh, and dancing and partying and, and collaborating and having those, um, you know, let's do moments where, hey, let's do this and let's do that. And they're creating and, and being creative. Um, I, love, I love creating the moments where people can do that. So that was probably my favorite. There was a catch to that, which I didn't realize in the moment. Once you climb up in this tornado rose flower petal thing, uh-huh. you can't get out. <laughs> so all mm-hmm. night I'm just in this thing, just seeing everyone. And I was like, oh, oh okay. Well, I guess the gala's over and <laughs> everyone left. And I was like, well, that was fun, I guess. Bye. <laughs> I literally oh didn't see anybody. Oh, well. Oh, my gosh. Funny. Like, do you feel like um, when, like, this past weekend we had an event and the setup was a little bit different and because it was just, it's like a lot of our floor plans are pretty tight in terms of people over invite in the South. And, um, you know, the the client was like, where is this DJ going to go? Which is their friend who is not a wedding DJ. He's like mm-hmm. an actual major sound producer who does all this special sound producing on all these, you know, famous people and, but he's really good friends with them. And he's like, you know, I'll DJ your wedding, but I didn't really know like what I was walking into <laughs> and he didn't know what he was walking into. And so I'm like, when he, when he gets there, I'm like, so you can go in the loft and look down over people or you, there's like these built-in bars where you can go back there if you want to. And he's like, yeah, but I'm like disconnected from the dance floor. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't know how you would feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, it's just this, you know, I don't normally do this anyway. And so he's like, I'm excited about putting my speakers upstairs. And I think it would be cool to like look over um, he's like, let me just walk around and try to feel it out. Um, you know, so he like, I'm like, you do your thing, whatever you want to do. Like, it doesn't matter to me. And so he, um, you know, put some stuff upstairs and then he went like between upstairs in the loft and then he would run downstairs. And so he like used both spaces. Um, and then like, he's like, I got to go get more cords and, I didn't plan for this. And, I, and he's like, do I have time for that? I'm like, yeah, you've got time. It's, it's totally cool. Um, I'm like, you, you do whatever makes you comfortable, but he was probably one of the funnest, like best, like scratching old school DJs. And I'm like, so you don't do this. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, no, I don't. I'm a sound producer and produce like records and, 
um, you know, for top 40 and, and rap. And I'm like, well, you did an amazing job. And so, you know, while we're working it, and he just like pulled like the old stuff and the new stuff. And at the end of the night, he was like, thank you so much for like, just letting me do me and mm. not like dictating and telling me like what to do or how to do it. Even though I'm not, you know, full-time wedding DJ. And I'm like, but you know, sound and you know, music and you know how to get people out regardless if you were upstairs or downstairs. So do you ever get into those situations where it's like it doesn't really matter where you are in the room, you can still find a way to connect with your audience or connect with the people like where they need to be in the room? Or does that does that really matter? Yeah, it definitely matters. Um, I'm, I'm probably weird in that I like to be as absolutely close even to the point where I'm physically on the dance floor, which is pretty extreme. I can do that because of how my booth is set up. Um, it's very unusual, but it's because that you're feeling the crowd, not necessarily watching the crowd. Um, Cause I usually don't even really look up very much. I'm, I'm not one to even get on the mic that much either. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm communicating through music and lighting and projection. Um, I'm not one of those who's like, Hey, the next song is, and then plays the song and, everybody's like, just play the song. And then we know right. what the song is <laughs> like, you don't Shut have up. to tell us <laughs> stop talking. But yeah. So for me, I like to be as close as I can, but if there are always, there's always those like huge Indian weddings where they've, they've done all the floor plan and it's, it's incredibly designed and they're like, Oh yeah. Um, the DJ. Yeah. You're going to be uh, down the hall in uh, <laughs> LaGuardia airport. Uh, in concourse C, that's where you'll oh be. God. I'm like, what? Like how far away from the dance floor can you put me? Right. So, yeah, it'll be at least, you know, 90 to 100 feet away. And I have no idea what's happening. None. Um, so I'm like, have we had first dance? Can anyone see? <laughs> are, are they finished dancing? Should I just keep playing the song? Like, you know, um, so there has to be that balance. And I always work with, with planners. And thankfully the planners that we have, we work with regularly they get it and they're on point and they they know design well they know layouts there's not a um there's not a oh snap moment that happens for us too much anymore where we walk into a room and they're like oh yeah you're gonna be here like yeah of course <laughs> what were you planning on having um so thankfully that's not hasn't been an issue for us in a long time but also going back to you have almost like created that. So it's like, you're not, the DJ's like not an afterthought, you know, it's like, oh, well, it's this person and this company. So they're going to bring it and they need to be right in the middle of it. So yeah, I know in our clients, they, they call us, they want us. It's not a, we just need a DJ. Right. Because you're getting it, that whole experience. <laughs> correct. It's totally different. The, we just need a DJ. People, um, I just send them to other companies who just need a DJ. Like I'm totally frank about that. I'm not not hurt at all. Like I want to make sure that that's what they're wanting. That's their expectation. Uh, but there are those clients that, no, we really care and we want the best. And you better bring it, like, or we'll come after you. Like those people, <laughs> those are my kind of people because that's how I am. Like I, if you're gonna do something, do it right. Um, so it's easy for me to relate to them in that way. That's awesome. So with you guys both being in the business and doing the business together and then having kids, like where do you find the balance? Like, do you ever turn it off? Do you take turns? Like how do you find like that work-life balance? Um, everyone's always pushing for more work-life balance. You know, even if all you did was life, you would, still feel unbalanced like you weren't working enough and vice versa uh but we i feel like we do everyone feels like maybe they do a good job um for example we were just this past weekend my wife and i took a vacation we went up to the mountains we went kayaking or uh, whitewater rafting with some friends like we took three days and just spent time together uh and now this weekend <laughs> um i'm taking my youngest daughter to a whole weekend of like a karate conference she's really into karate. So I decided to start doing karate just so I could be with her and hang out with her and spend time with her. Um, I didn't know anything about karate. 
so I'm just learning it. That's awesome. It's like <laughs> just finding ways to where how can I get involved at what they're passionate about and I'll just do it. And then, so now I'm spending three days with her. Like we're leaving in the morning and driving from Orlando up to North Carolina. Um, just to spend time with them, you know, because when we travel, which we travel a lot, we really try to bring them with us. And they've been with us for a lot of these trips. So they've been to about 42 states and three different countries. Really? And they, they're very well versed in, you know, social atmospheres and restaurants and hotels and how to order and how to, you know, get room service and That's get awesome. towels by the <laughs> pool. And, you know, that when, it's always funny when we take them to restaurants, they're always like, do you need the kid's menu? And they're like, um, we were hoping you had the squid ink pasta or just the, cl- just the clams tonight. They're like, what? <laughs> well, just, just get the clams. That's fine. Oh like, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it, so they like seafood. They love seafood. Yeah. But it's because we, we spend time with them as like people and we, they, we travel. And so, and there's a lot of these larger events that they get to come into early. Like once we get it all set up because they're like, up in the room at the four seasons or whatever, they'll come downstairs and see the room and see the floral designer and meet the planner. And, um, cause I want to inspire them and yeah. I, I'm really just trying to teach them, um, whatever it is you're doing. I don't care what it is. If you ever want to go off and be like the number one veterinarian for sloths in the world, like do that in a unique way that you're passionate about it and love it and then do it to help people. And so I take them along and I show them like we're, we're DJing and doing parties because we love these people. We want to care about them and we want to pour love into them on what we consider as like one of their most important days. And if you get that day right, because everyone's watching and they're paying attention and they're looking and they're judging this couple based on this day, um, it's a big step for them in their life. So yeah, we care about that. So we want to show our kids like, you know, do that in your life and you can do whatever you want to do, like push yourself. And if you want to build a chicken coop and out of nowhere, do it, uh, make it happen. So that's kind of the, what we're trying to do is inspire them and push them and motivate them um, by any means possible. So we even, they're even homeschooled for that reason. So they can travel with us, which they do quite a bit. That is awesome. Never. Yeah. I tried the, homeschooling thing with yeah. my niece and, uh, um, you know, a 16 year old. And I'm like, I got this, like Oof. I can help them. And it's not that easy. <laughs> like, well, this lasted eight months. That's I'm like, go back to school. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just a different, um, it's like, it's a different mindset. And so it's either like you get up and you have the initiative and you're proactive and you like make sure that you have all your stuff done mm-hmm. instead of like the excuse method of, well, I didn't get that assignment in my, my Google folder. And I'm like, no, this is not excuse time. Yeah. Like this is, I mean, that's, a, I could do a, write a book on trying to like, how it's hard. Like it, maybe it's just cause they're teenagers. <laughs> Um, but we tell, we tell our kids the same thing, like even in work related, because they see it, they've gone to big events, all the pressure, they see the people show up. And then in the moment when they're in their classroom in the morning, like, Oh, I didn't have that one thing. I'm like, so if I would have shown up to that event in California that you're with me at, and I'd forgot my DJ console and I just walked mm-hmm. in and be like, Oh, sorry, I didn't have it. Like, I don't know. What do you think they'd say? They'd be like, well, we hate you, first off. And like, you're fired. <laughs> and you're fired. Um, like, it's a big deal. And so you have to be prepared. You've got to know it. You can't just drive out to California and not be prepared. Like, you can't just go, get up and start your day and not be prepared. And so, I don't know, for us, we give them very tangible, like, this is, this is going to translate into your life. Um, you need to get this right. So. Yeah, that... So what, um, how do you guys, like, do you mainly get your clients all because someone experienced you all at an event and then they come up and say, Hey, we've got to have you, we've got to hire you. Like walk us through and share that process because I mean, I know we live in this digital world, but most of your clients probably don't live where you guys live because of, 
I mean, there's events all over the world. So yeah. how is that client interaction and that client experience and converting them into hiring you? Yeah, probably about 30% of our weddings we actually do in Orlando, which is, which is where we live. And the rest are either all the state of Florida or Texas or California or Mexico or New York in um, Nashville even and New Orleans. That's kind of our main areas that we go to. Um, so how do you get a, a planner in New Orleans to call you or a planner in California to call you? Uh, it's all about relationships. And so not just any relationships, you know, not just building relationships with any planner or any venue in the world, like finding the people who are doing exactly what I was talking about earlier, which is they're really trying to do something completely different. Um, because I work in a very different way. It's not me and 12 people in a box truck. So when it's just me and my wife showing up with flight cases, they're like, wait a second, where's your crew? Like, I, I need them not to ask that question. You know, like they have to understand, like, this is going to be completely different. We're going to do this on a different way. Um, so yeah, that, that's not easy to do. It's, it's hard to find those. There's very unique planners and those are the ones who are actually very creative and they, they really work outside of the box and they typically aren't that, um, how do I put this gently? Um, they're not trying to put themselves out in social media in a way to where it draws all the attention to themselves. I guess mm-hmm. that was, maybe I said that right. Um, yeah. yeah, they, they're very much about other people. And so those are the kind of things we look for. Uh, and we've also learned over time that our clients aren't the couples which is very weird. We don't, I'm not marketing to brides. I'm not marketing to grooms. Like I'm marketing to venues, to planners, to Mm -hmm. florists, to photographers wholeheartedly and openly. And I tell couples that too. I'm like, you're not my client. You're not my return client. Right. You're my bride and my groom. Like I'm going to pour into you guys. I'm going to love on you. And like tonight, it's all about you. My client on a regular is the, is the people who are working for you. And they're like, what? I thought we signed the check. I'm like, yeah, you did. Thank you for that. <laughs> but I'm never going to see you again. Like, I love you, but I'll never, I don't know how, it just happens. I'm sorry. Um, and so these are the people who are going to see through all the BS because they see you on a regular. And if you don't impress them, they're just never going to call you back. It's easy, it's simple. Just, I don't like working with you, I move on. So making their experience just as good as the couple's experience and they're watching the couple's experience as well. So if their couple's like, thanks for calling that goofball, like our wedding was a disaster. Why did you send them to us? Um, That matters. So you have to really work on both fronts. And I think a lot, especially DJs, they're notorious for um, just targeting brides, like 100% targeting brides. And then you show up the day of and they're complete jerks to everybody else in the room except for the couple, which is like Hmm. the the worst idea. Yeah. Um, And you know what I'm talking about? Like all kinds of stories and all the debacles that happen. um, And they're missing the point. The way to grow your business is not through alienating yourself and just saying, I only deal with brides. It's everyone around you is referring people to you. Um, You can hone that in and target the right people, which is done through genuine relationships and genuine uh, time, not just a couple likes and a comment on social media, um, but like investing in them, like going to their house, talking to them, spending time with them. That's how you, that's how it grows. So, yeah, I mean, really, it's funny as people like how they ask us the same thing, like, how do you get your business? And how does this, how's this? And it's, it's like doing a, a good job and yeah. like, <laughs> Like, you know, exceeding expectations and following up and following through and having good communication. And, you know, to me, it's like, it's not that hard, um, but apparently it it's not the norm. And so it's just, um, you know, people are like, well, do you, how do you get your business? I'm like, well, word of mouth, like, mm-hmm. you know, you do a good job and then people will tell other people because they want that their friends and family to like have an amazing experience and they know that it's not going to be copied or just like them because they know that we get inspiration from different places. So, and, and every couple is different. Like they don't all want the same thing. Like they may 
like something we did for someone else, but it's like, okay, that's cool that you liked that, but let's find out what, like, let's go deeper, you know, and find Mm. out what really drives you and create your experience, not copy somebody else's experience. Um, So, so have you guys gotten to your goal with Dubai and why Dubai? (laughs) Well, I mean, that was one that was just one of the things we had thrown out there is like, well, let's do a ridiculous place. Like who in Dubai is going to call us to come out uh, and do parties? Like that's unheard of. <laughs> um, Has anybody called you? <laughs> yes, someone did actually. <laughs> so next <laughs> next January, I'm going to Dubai for uh, DJing parties for our Rosé sponsor because we have a Rosé rose sponsor, which is also another ridiculous story. But yeah, they they're like, oh, we're, yeah, we're gonna do a week long conference. We need you in Dubai next January for that. And I'm like, wait, what? Why is it Dubai? He was like, oh, it's you know. That's so awesome. you're kind of the in house DJ for us. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'll I'll see what I can do. Maybe I'll work you in the schedule or something. You know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just making like that's that was sounded ridiculous to me in my head when I said that, um, like doing you know on the in south of france or off the coast of, of italy or stuff like that like creating whatever the the most ridiculous goal is like truly pushing that and preparing yourself for that and putting that out there um and it happens yeah that's awesome but thank you so much we gotta wrap up because i gotta go do another podcast thanks guys everybody thank you so much for listening to business unveiled be sure that you are subscribing to this podcast so you do not miss those notifications when the new podcasts come out have a great day everybody bye if you found this podcast helpful please share it with your friends and i'm so very grateful if you leave a review Be sure you are a subscriber so you never, ever miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled. Also, be sure that you are part of my email list. And if you're not, sign up today at AngelaProfit.com, where I share valuable resources and exclusive products with only my subscribers. Now, before I go, I want to ask you, if you have a story or a product to share with the creative industry, please let me know. To be considered as a guest on Business Unveiled, visit AngelaProfit.com and submit a podcast guest form. Until next time, remember to stay productive and profitable. You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit AngelaProfit.com.